0: What's up, guys? Hope you're doing well. We got a very special episode. This is our MLB Major League Baseball preview. We're going to be talking everything from Rookie of the Year, MVP, picks for Cy Young, who's winning division and headed to the World Series. It's all coming up next on the Mind of Mike J. Podcast. Drop the beat, please. Awesome weekend. Awesome weekend. We're coming off of, I'm excited, man, it's baseball season. And because it is baseball season, I had to bring in some help. He's honestly probably going to end up outshining me on my own dang on podcast. Uh, but before, without further ado, I want to bring in my good friend, the commissioner, Mr. Jake Brewer. How are you, sir?
1: Doing well, Mike. Happy to be on the show, man. Very honored to be your first guest. And uh, you're flattering me already, saying I'm a baseball expert. So to be here.
0: I needed, I needed it, man. I needed the backup. I'm probably gonna say some stuff that is statistically and factually incorrect because I, my baseball knowledge is not where it needs to be. So, uh, you know, we all need a little help sometimes. But uh, just to get right to it, we're gonna start off with the opening weekend uh, this year. What are your thoughts?
1: So, some of the key things I've noticed so far. You know, it's early. We always see crazy things happen in the first week of baseball. But some of the teams that have gotten off to a hot start here. Uh, first over in the NL, you've got Arizona Diamondbacks. They're 3-1. They're first in runs scored, you know, here on Thursday early in the first week of the season. You've also got the Rockies, who are 3-1 to start the year. And they're a lot of people's pick to make the playoffs this year, but we'll get to that stuff later. And also in the NL, the Dodgers, who are in a tie with the Diamondbacks for first and in runs in, in Major League Baseball.
0: That's fair. That's fair. Um, I gotta throw out the Indians as well. Three and zero on the road versus the Rangers. I thought that was very impressive. I mean, it's not just that. I mean, Lindor playing out of his mind right now. Um, you look at where they were last year, being so close to winning the World Series. I just feel like they're out for revenge. Not only that, I look at Brantley coming back possibly healthy. I look at Encarnacion long term. I just don't see a better. I don't, I don't see a better team in the AL right now.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure we'll touch on that more later, but as far as the Indians go, I mean, they were a great team coming into the playoffs, kind of quiet. They got hot, and that team got better. I mean, people don't realize that they didn't have Bauer. They didn't have Carrasco at times. During the playoffs, they were injured. And they add Encarnacion, who's been one of the most steady power guys in Major League Baseball, to an already potent lineup. I mean, the Indians have got to have gotten better, right? I think so
0: I think they have and that's and that's my reasoning is because they were able to get that close without the necessary talent or without their w- without being at full strength is what I mean to say so we'll see I mean anything's possible but right now I, I gotta go with the Indians but you know it is what it is now the now the Mets and the Braves we have to cover that I think my stand now I will say this Matt Kemp was feasting on us this weekend, <laughs> we absolutely... had a couple of rivalry games there between us this week. Very true, very true. I mean, I loved it, but at the end of the day, um, honestly, my biggest takeaway—I expected us. I really, I honestly did expect us to win because we were at home. So, and we won, and two-one. Which should have, it, it could have very well been three zero oh because the one Bravesman went to overtime. But to open the season, being at home, you should take that series. Honestly, I the one thing I was impressed about was how well Matt Harvey played because he had a horrible spring. But you know, he came back. He he looked like not not the Dark Knight, but you know, more like the
1: I don't know the semi Dark night kind of. He's getting there. He's getting there. <laughs> uh, I already got to call you, man. This is why I'm here. You said it's overtime, man. Come on, extra innings. Extra, extra innings. innings. Extra innings. Come on, come on. That's
0: ex- already, what but, what's it been? Four minutes.
1: But you know, you're you're a basketball guy, so. That's what I'm here for. But like you're saying, man, for your Mets, Mm -hmm. for your Metropolitans, that pitching staff's got to stay healthy. I mean, that's really the only question with the team. The offense isn't incredible, but you've got Suspedes. You've got some of those other guys that do enough where when that pitching is healthy, it's elite.
0: It is. It is, and we've been saying that. The problem is, we've been saying that for so long now. Mm-hmm. It's we're going on at least three years where it's can if they can be healthy, they can do this and they can do that. And It gets to the point where, as a fan, you want to just you want to see production. After a while, it's like, well, we need to stop talking about it. And we just need to do it. Um, but right now, you know, Harvey can go either way, but Degrom seems to be fully recovered. He had a very good game up until. Well, really, up until the whole time he was in. It wasn't until, I don't believe, in game two, the Braves didn't score until after he came out. And unfortunately, with Familia on suspension to begin the year, our bullpen is just not going to be strong. So it is what it is. But, you know, if Cindergaard is his dominant self, DeGrom can go back to all-star form. Matt Harvey can get close because I don't think we'll ever see the guy that we did before. But I think if he can get close to that, we're in good shape.
1: Yeah, pitching wins championships. Exactly. And especially in a division where my Braves are a part of it. d East isn't that strong. I think the Nationals are very good. The Mets could be very good. Mm-hmm. But after that, the Marlins, eh. The Braves are on the upswing. You know I'm a Braves guy. I mean, I'd just be happy to see them get close to 500 this year. I mean, there are some Braves fans out there oh, we got a chance at the playoffs. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's realistic. I just don't. I think they're taking steps in the right direction, developing some of these young guys. Dansby's now going to play a full season. We have Phillips now placeholding as a veteran at second base to give Albies time to develop in the minors. Kim's off to a good start. He's hit two home runs already. And even with all that, I do think we take another step forward, but we're not ready for playoffs. I just... I just don't see it. I think it'll be another year until the Braves go after a couple big names to blend in with that young talent.
0: So positive takeaways from the Braves from the first three games. Like, other than, obviously you mentioned Kemp gives off to a good start. Like, what else did you notice that was like, okay, we can build on this?
1: Dansby looks like a stud defensively, but we already knew that. Right. And if nothing else, defensively for the Braves, Dansby and Brandon Phillips, will be excellent in the field and a lot of fun to watch. And as a Braves fan, of course I want them to do well. But for this year, knowing that we're in that rebuilding process, I just think this is going to be a fun team. I mean, you've got Dansby, who's the future of the team. Mm-hmm. You've got Phillips, who's a defensive wizard known for making plays behind his back and things like that. You've got Big Sexy, of course, who came over from your Mets, the most exciting at bat in baseball, bar none. And you've got R.A. Dickey. Knuckleballer. I mean, that's always interesting to see. I mean, it does crazy things.
0: That's true. I, I agree with that. So, what's going to be higher, the Braves number of Braves wins or the combined age of R. A. Dickey and Bartolo Colon? <laughs> Over under.
1: I'm gonna have to go under. Is I think the Braves will be just under 500. I'm expecting 76, 78 wins somewhere in there.
0: So, if they were to get there, that's a that's a that's a good season for the Braves.
1: I think so. I think that's a step in the right direction, uh, as long as no serious major career-threatening injuries to Freddie Freeman or Tehran or anything like oh, that. Yeah, pray to God don't have, that does not happen.
0: Um, well, that's, that's a fair assessment. That's a fair assessment. So, um, just to kind of go from the team focus to individually, um, MVP. Who do
1: you got favorites,
0: AL and NL, right now?
1: AL, MVP, favorite, we've got Mike Trout. I mean, what can you do? The guy's a generational talent. He's won it three times now already?
0: Twice. I think twice. Someone's going to have to fact check me on that. I want to say twice. Might be three times.
1: Well, I know he also finished second to Miguel Cabrera. He did. So when he had, Miguel Cabrera had the Triple Crown and, you know, that kind of thing. But, But the guy's generational. I mean, I don't think anyone can argue that. If you're not picking Mike Trout as your AL MVP favorite, you're wrong. <laughs> that's
0: fair. Fortunately, I did pick Mike Trout as well. Um, like you are saying, look, <laughs> Mike Trout's the LeBron James of baseball. You could theoretically go with Mike Trout every year. Mike Trout is the MVP until it's proven that he's not. Like, that's that's basically how I look at it, is he is... He gives you, I mean, the guy literally gives you everything. There's no, there's literally no holes in his game. If it wasn't for the fact that the Angels are a borderline, not really that great, they're not, if they were contending, he, he'd run away with it every time.
1: I, if I would have had a vote the year that Miguel Cabrera won the Triple Crown mm-hmm. in the AL, Trout against Miggy, baseball is a game of history, it's all about stats. And with no one having had a triple crown in the AL in 40 years since Carl Yastrzemski, I would have voted for Miguel Cabrera, just because of the triple crown. That's that's the only reason. And unless someone does something like that, and to allude to basketball, Russell Westbrook averaging a triple double. It's only been done one other time. I think he has to win that bar none. That's I think fair. that's comparable. I
0: would agree with that. And that's what I mean when I say it's it's Trout's to lose until somebody comes along and just blows you away and proves that Trout isn't the MVP. Um, but that being said, since we are in agreement that he's the runaway favorite, who would be? Is there anybody that could possibly come from behind and come out of nowhere and maybe take that from him?
1: Right, and, th- and this guy's a superstar in his own right, mm-hmm. and he's really only a dark horse because of the existence of Mike Trout, mm-hmm. Manny Machado. Mm-hmm. This guy has batted over three hundred for most of his career, he's got power, he's flash speed, he stole over 30 bases his first couple years in the league, and the guy plays gold glove defense. Mm-hmm. And hitter's ballpark, that helps. It does.
0: It absolutely helps.
1: It's just he's got to put together a historic type of season to surpass Trout. I mean, Trout also plays gold glove defense. so Very
0: true. It's that's, just tough. As <laughs> you know, I'm saying. You can't beat the guy. Um, my dark horse, I went with Jose Altuve. I just love watching the guy play for really for no other reason other than I just love watching him play. I mean, tiny, tiny dude. But I mean, his production last year was at his position, it wasn't comparable to really anyone else. Um, And at that second and at that second base spot, I mean, between hitting the steals I mean, the guy gets on base, if he was a little bit more powerful, if he was like a 30 homer guy, I think, you, I think you'd, you'd really have an argument that he could take it from Mike Trout. But as it stands, I don't see him necessarily having that kind of season like he had last year again. I would love to see it. And the Astros, I think, will be a better team than the Angels.
1: I absolutely agree that the Astros will do better than the Angels. But Altuve had a historic season last year. I mean, he batted over three forty. I believe it was 26 home runs. Someone will have to fact-check me. He had that power surge last year. You hadn't seen him surpass that 20-home run mark and stole 40-plus bases. I mean, the guy was right there for a 30-30 season, which that club isn't exactly big. True. Uh, It hasn't been done here in a few years in Major League Baseball, recently within the decade, but not for four or five at least. So, Altuve, again, I love to see a speed guy. I'm a little guy myself. I'm 5'6", so I love Altuve. got to. You have
0: to. Um, so in your mind, last year for Altuve was kind of like the peak for him. Like he he will never get better than that.
1: I don't think he will ever get better than that. The guy topped two hundred hits again. The guy batted over three forty. The guy stole forty plus bases. Hit a career high in home runs. I don't think he can top that.
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I I don't think so either. Um, it would be it would be crazy to see. But uh, moving to the National League, who's the favorite out that way?
1: A little bit of a homer pick here, as you know, I own him in our fantasy mega league, but no one Aaron People say stats are inflated because of Coors, but this guy's numbers trump that. He's put up over 130 RBIs here in the past couple seasons, Mm -hmm. hitting 40 bombs, batting over 300, or at least in the high 290s. The guy's incredible. Bryant had a great season. It was unique because of the situation with the Cubs, what they were going through as well as him being moved all over the field. It was a nice storyline. And I'm not knocking Bryant. I think he deserved MVP last year. I just feel that Arenado's going to do it again, and maybe some of these other guys don't have as incredible of a season, Hmm. and he finally gets his due. He also plays gold-glove defense at third base. He does.
0: He does. He does does it both ways, and so you have to consider him. I had to go with Bryant again, um, only because – now, here's the thing is – The MVP, because you had Trout and Bryant last year, the MVP is never the same guy in both leagues. So the fact that I feel more confident that Trout can repeat than I do Bryant. So just based off history, I kind of have to provide a couple alternatives. Bryce Harper, I feel like can do it. I just don't know. I just don't see... He had such a great season in 2015, and then you come back to 2016, and it and with him being so young of a guy, it's like, well, which one's the real Bryce Harper? You know what I mean? I don't know exactly. I didn't follow the Nats close enough to really get a feel for what exactly might have caused that little bit of regression. I mean, now, the season that he had in 2015, you're almost bound to regress, but a lot of people felt like he could... That could be the norm for him. So we'll see. Maybe maybe this year we'll see a little bit of something between, maybe not quite as good as 2015, but better than 2016. And I think if he can do that and the Nationals win division, he has a case.
1: And Bryce Harper's a gamer. And when he first came up, he, he played the game almost too hard. I mean, the guy was running into walls and mm-hmm. getting himself hurt almost to the point that he was reckless. And... I say that to say there was a lot of rumors, a lot of talk last year that said he was playing hurt, that he was trying to play through it because he's that gamer mentality, play or die, you know, old school gritty kind of guy. And I think there's some truth to that because I I looked at some clips and some things talking about Harper guessing, possibly bouncing back, and his swing just wasn't right. I'm not sure exactly what the injury could have been. Could have been risk, could have been back. We don't know. But I, I expect Harper to have a better year than twenty sixteen. Maybe not quite to that prolific twenty fifteen, but I think it's somewhere in the middle. That's fair. That's fair. I mean
0: I, I don't think I think between Bryant to me has a chance to be not maybe not quite as good as Mike Trout, but he has the chance to be, I mean me between winning Rookie of the Year, coming back next year, MVP, he's got a World Series. He's just accomplished so much so quickly, and he's with a team that has a chance to build a dynasty because nobody on none of their key guys are that old. So, if the Cubs are consistently cranking out high nineties, a hundred wins or more, which is entirely possible, you almost would have to throw Chris Bryant in that conversation almost every time. But he, to to me, he's not as He said. You got some you got some real gamers between Arenado and Harper, Harper, like you mentioned. I wouldn't rule out that Clayton Kershaw can win MVP again. I wouldn't rule it out.
1: I I wouldn't rule it out. My opinion on that is I think that's the reason the Cy Young exists, is to choose the best pitcher. And in order to win MVP as a pitcher, you have to do something astoundingly historic. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I don't even think they should be in the conversation.
0: And that's fair. I, I think it's – if there, but there, if there is a guy that can do that, it would be Clayton Kershaw.
1: Absolutely. I think he's the only one currently in baseball that that's even possible.
0: Why not a freaking – I want to see a shortstop win it. we got too many good shortstops right now between Lindor, we got Corey Seager, Carlos Correa. Somebody – one of those guys. Xander was, Bogart. Xander Bogart. Somebody make a run.
1: I mean, it's the golden era. Shortstops. It is. I mean, especially from a fantasy perspective, because, you know, we're looking at that kind of stuff all the time, too. For years, you wanted one of the top two shortstops, because after that, huge drop-off. It was the most shallow position in fantasy baseball. And now you've got seven, eight guys that are all young, all studs, right now, on good teams.
0: They're Very much so. I And I, I think they can do it. It's I couldn't even tell you the last time a shortstop has won MVP, but... The, these guys that are coming in now are just a new wave. They've got power. They've got speed. They have... They're, they're playing defense. And they're playing on winning teams, like you're saying. So, well, if, if it's a very good possibility.
1: And that leads me into my dark horse for NL MVP. He's moved over to shortstop now. Trey Turner.
0: Trey Turner. MVP? Really?
1: It hurts me to say it, because the guy is an NC State grad, mm-hmm. but... I love Trey Turner. Just to talk a little bit about the season that he had last year, it was wild, man. I mean, he only had 307 at-bats, which is a fair sample size, not a full season. The guy batted 342, had 53 runs, 13 homers, 40 RBIs, and 33 stolen bases, and 307 at-bats. If you extrapolate that, over a full season, which I understand, things change. It's his first full year, fatigue, things like that. But if you extrapolate that out, I mean, he's looking at right out 100 runs, 20-ish home runs, maybe a little more, maybe 25, 80 to 100 RBIs, and 60 stolen bases. That
0: that's in the argument for MVP. Those are MVP numbers. So we'll have to see if he can pull that off over over a whole season. I, for division purposes, I hope he doesn't. But <laughs> we'll have to see. Um so moving on to from the hitters, we gotta show some love to the pitchers now. Um my I'll lead off this time. I'm going with I have to go with Kershaw and Chris Sale. My two Sayo as far as my favorites. I think Clayton Kershaw before he got injured was having a typical Clayton Kershaw year. I mean, between well, he was at a point seven whip at one point. I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, the guy's lights out. He got every throw every throw possible that you can think of. If and not only that, so much of the Dodgers' success is predicated on him being healthy and playing the way that he does. I think you have to I think you he has to be the favorite. I can't really think of anyone else. Max Scherzer could repeat because he's almost – I would put him up there with Kershaw when he's on his game, but he doesn't do it as consistently.
1: Speaking to Kershaw a little bit, one of the qualifications for the Hall of Fame is you got to play 10 years in the league. I'm a big Hall of Fame guy. It's an exciting time of year for me. I watch all the stuff, track all the ballots and everything like that. The reason that is relevant is one of the qualifications is you have to play 10 years in Major League Baseball, 10 seasons. In order to be eligible. This is Quentin Karshaw's tenth season. When he threw his first pitch on the Dodgers opening day, he became a Hall of Famer. That guy is a surefire, first ballot, no doubter, he's gonna be in the Hall of Fame. And I don't think you can say that for any other pitcher in the game right now. I don't say that lightly.
0: Not right now. I don't think anybody is would just I don't think anybody could just hang up the cleats right now and be put in the hall of fame first ballot. Not first
1: ballot. But well, well, you compare him to Kofax, same team, lefty, small time window. Kofax retired early. Mm-hmm. The counting stats weren't quite there because he retired so early, but the quality stats, ERA, the awards, the MVPs, the Cy Youngs, their statistics are eerily similar. And that's probably a topic for another day because I could really get into that. You
0: could, you absolutely, I know you could.
1: But I'm just going to stand by that for now.
0: Okay, I'll go with you there. So is it safe to say that Kershaw is your pick for the NL Cy Young as well?
1: Yes, I would say that he's my pick for the NL Cy Young. Uh, So kind of already got into that. Ironically enough, the AL Cy Young, I also have Chris Sale. I think he was in the argument every year with the White Sox, workhorse, strikeout guy. And now moving over to the Red Sox, he's got a better chance for those wins, for a better defense behind him. I expect big things from him this year in Boston.
0: That was my logic as well. Chris Sale's got the offense that's going to give him the run support if he has a bad game. Their defense isn't terrible. hes I mean, and the guy's already one of the top five pitchers in the league, just on, just on talent alone. I don't see a reason to not go with Chris Sale. Although, Porcello being on the same team, I don't know how that's going to work. But... I wouldn't sleep on Porcello. I wouldn't sleep on Corey Kluber either.
1: Porcello, I love him. He's a UNC grad. I've been on the Porcello train for years. I think he's one of three pitchers currently in baseball that was young enough, got enough wins early enough, that has the potential to get to 300 wins. That being said, I expect regression for Porcello this year. I do. I just don't think he can repeat that kind of season. Uh, And Verlander, I mean, the guy's... Had a resurgence here lately. Uh, maybe a little encouragement from Kate Upton. She thinks he should have won last year. She did. <laughs> but She'll ride or die. Verlander, I don't think you can write him off. I mean, that's a weak division that he's in. He could pick up some easy wins, some easy K's. I just don't think you can count him out. He's my dark horse.
0: Okay, that's fair. Is there anybody in the AL that we might be forgetting about? Or we pretty much got all the candidates covered.
1: A guy that's a little more off the wall? I guess a true dark horse, Marcus Stroman, pitcher for the Blue Jays. Two years ago, he tore his ACL, missed the majority of the season. Right. Came back right at the end, four starts, won them all, had a K rate of over seven. Then we go into a full season last year. And I actually predicted him to win AL Cy Young last year. But I think I jumped the gun a little bit, and this is why. The guy came off an ACL surgery. It was early in his career. He wasn't ready for the full workload of an MLB season yet. I think I jumped the gun by one season. So this year, after he logged 200 innings last year and upped his K per nine to over nine, I think this is the year. I think this is the year for Stroman. That's my dark horse.
0: We'll see. I would not rule it out. I mean, the Jays have a strong bullpen in general, but Strowman's definitely the ace of that group. If if he's on top of his game, that is. Um, Is there anyone in the NL? Because we really kind of both agree Kershaw's the runaway favorite, but is there... same thing with Trout, I feel like. Is there anybody that even has a shot?
1: Honestly, I don't think anyone has a realistic shot. But, that being said, I was trying to think about, you know quality pitchers that should be able to rack up wins fairly easily which isn't everything but a dark horse guy because he's a veteran because of the dominance of Kershaw I'm actually going with John Lester because he's on the Cubs Right. he's a great veteran savvy pitcher he's probably going to get those wins he had a pretty good year last year so if I'm just throwing a dartboard and praying that someone unseats Kershaw for the crown I'm just going to go with John Lester
0: I would, yeah, but John Lester's never a bad pick, especially because of the Cubs. Anytime the team's winning, all their best guys are up there. But the Cubs seem so balanced to me. Like, Lack, I mean, Lacky. Lester does stand out amongst them, but I mean, Lackey's a good pitcher. Arietta, obviously. And Hendricks
1: had a better season than all of them last year.
0: And so you really can't ignore any of their guys. It. When I think about the Cubs, I think of a unit. When I think of... And that's not to necessarily take anything away from any of them. It's just none of them really consistently stand out to me. Um,
1: Their depth is just so good positionally and in the rotation. Very much so. I mean, they're a deep team.
0: Very much so. If every game was Game 7 or a wild card or an elimination game, I'd go with Madison Bumgarner, hands down. I'd bet my entire (laughs) year paycheck on it.
1: Speaking of Bumgarner... I've got to mention because we didn't touch it, touch on it about the opening week. How pissed is Baumgartner right now? Uh, the, the guy goes seven innings pitched on opening day. He does give up three earned runs, which was late in the game while he was in. Strikes out 11 guys, and the dude goes two for two with two homers, two runs, two RBIs, and a walk, but gets a no decision. Because the Giants blow it, blew late it. In the game,
0: blew it. I mean, that was a Russell Westbrook kind of game from Madison Bumgarner.
1: I, the dude was the whole game. He was like the whole, almost the whole offense while he was in, and the whole defense.
0: He is the team, pretty much. You would think he wouldn't need much backup, and he, he really he doesn't need much backup. Like somebody else do something. That's like my thoughts every time I watch Madison Bumgarner play. It's like someone help this guy.
1: And it was a setup guy that originally blew it, which sucks. But the Giants were able to hang in there after that. And the bullpen for the Giants hasn't been strong. It's been their weakness here the last couple years. So they go out and they pay Mark Melanson, right? He's been a really good closer. What does he do on opening day? He blew the save in the ninth. Of course he did. They lost the game 6-5. After they just paid the guy. I mean, as a Gardner, you've got to be pissed, right?
0: Maybe he did something. Maybe he's like got bad karma or something.
1: Man, I don't know. That I sounds know. like one one heck of a jinx.
0: We don't we don't know. I'm not saying I don't know anything about his personal life, but I'm just throwing that out there. So moving on to rookie of the year. NL AL, who you got?
1: AL, I've got Andrew Benintendi. Uh a player that people should be familiar with if they know anything about prospects and rookies for this year. I mean, the guy could be the fourth piece of those killer beats in Boston. I mean, this guy's supposed to be a stud. He's off to a pretty good start. I mean, he didn't even get a hit today, but the guy walked twice, stole a base, scored a couple of runs. I mean, he doesn't even have to get hits to have an impact in an already loaded Boston lineup. So you know he's going to get some of those counting stats just from being a part of that lineup.
0: I'll give you that. I mean, it, Ben Intendi, I didn't really... He's my favorite as well. I didn't really bring anyone else into the conversation because I think he's going to have a lot of opportunities to pick up runs being in Boston's lineup. He's, he's a talented—it's not like the guy's a scrub. I mean, he's a very talented kid. I just think he's, in, he's with a good team. He's going to get recognized because Boston is going to win games. They're more than likely going to win their division. So his name is going to get thrown out there, and I just don't see anyone in a better position to succeed. NL is a little bit more complicated, but I wanted to get your thoughts on who you thought is going to be the NL rookie of the year first.
1: This may sound like a homer pick, but I think it's the clear choice. Dansby Swanson. I mean, the guy is a defensive wonderkind for the Atlanta Braves. There's been lots of publicity for a lesser team about the Braves' rebuilding story, Mm-hmm. And, you know, storylines sell. They get votes. And the guy's not bad with the bat. I mean, he could be the future captain of this team, and it'll be his first full season. You know, he mm-hmm. had a cup of coffee with the team at the end of the season, September call-up last year, and held his own. Uh, so he's my choice.
0: I think so. Now, if Julio Urias was playing, was going be was, if he was an, on the opening day roster... If he was in the opening day rotation, I think he'd have a shot because he's got some he's got some ridiculous stuff in his arsenal. But the fact that he, I just don't think he's going to get the reps to really challenge for a to make a serious run at NL Rookie of the Year. Uh, same thing with Tyler Glasnow. Yeah, with talent wise, he could be right up there. But same thing. Some these there's no. I don't think there's any rookie pitchers unless I'm forgetting someone. I don't think there's any rookie pitchers that are right there, opening opening day, day one, that are going to be in a position to really make that run.
1: No, even over in the AL, pitching-wise for rookies, I mean, you've got Giolito, but he's on the White Sox. I mean, you can't really expect that much from him. He's probably not going to have a great ERA because of his defense. He's not going to really get the wins because most likely the White Sox will suck. Uh, Otherwise, Jose Quintana, who may or may not be with the White Sox all season, could have been one of those dark horse guys, but he's in the same situation.
0: Very much so. Uh, speaking of White Sox, Charlotte people, get out and watch this kid, Yohan Moncada. He's been called down to AAA Charlotte. Get out and watch Charlotte games in general, but I, I've, I've got to get some tickets. I want to see this kid play. I want to see if the hype is real. I'm not really sure yet. I don't, but talent-wise, again, that's another guy. Talent-wise could absolutely be rookie of the year. When does he get called up?
1: The guy who's his talent, he's young. Uh, he's, he's just got to get a little more experience in AAA, get a little more seasoning, and then make his way to the majors. I, I mean, there was times when he was still with Boston before he was traded, when he was a September Call-Up. He once was a pinch runner, forgot how many outs there were, and ended up getting himself tagged out. I mean, that's a young mistake. You can't do that kind of stuff if you're going to be an everyday MLB potential superstar. That being said, I think he's in a much better situation for his development in Chicago now. He's going to get all the reps he needs at AAA. And when the time is right with arbitration and all that kind of thing, the White Sox are going to call him up this year. And he's going to have the freedom to get those at-bats, get those MLB reps, and actually develop as a player.
0: He's also, what, 19 years old? Yes. I think like it's that. 20 now maybe 20 exactly so we'll see maybe another maybe a year away from being the kind of player everybody expects uh, moving on to manager of the year not to be predictable but I'm going with Francona gotta go with Francona I don't want to necessarily do... you know what I'm going to think about it a little bit more but
1: what AL? Who, AL who are you going with AL, I'm going to have to go with him as well. It's just tough to choose anyone else because there's not, I think, a really dark horse team that's really going to come out and upset the Indians in the AL that's a big surprise that could earn manager of the year rights. I think Francona could potentially guide them to another 100-win season, another division title, and potentially, you know, we'll see how far they go in the playoffs.
0: Fair enough. Screw it. Terry Collins, NL manager of the year. I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to jinx it. I hate picking my teams to really do anything because every time I seem to have a lot of faith, everything goes goes down. But I think we steal the division from the Nationals. I think it's safe to say they are the favorites by most of the media. If we can steal that, we will not get seated higher than the Cubs, but I think Collins makes a case. I think we could very easily, if everything goes right, be a two-seed in the National League, and I think Terry Collins puts himself in that conversation if we get there.
1: Spoiler alert, Mike likes the Mets in the NL East. Very much so. <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, for my pick for manager of the year in the NL, and I hate to be cliche, I hate to go with the typical answer, but Joe Madden. I mean, who is a better players manager in MLB? Look how much fun those guys had with the unthinkable pressure of trying to break the curse in Chicago after that long. And look how loose those guys were all year long, from day one right up until game seven. I mean, those guys were wearing jumpsuits, you know, getting on the bus, having nicknames for everybody on the team. They had an Instagram for David Ross, Grandpa Rossi. I mean, they did. those guys had a great time, and that's all because of Madden. That culture starts with Madden. And I think they, in large part... Win because of that culture, because of that clubhouse chemistry, chemistry that they have, that I think is very underrated by a lot of statisticians in baseball.
0: Yeah, no one really talks about that. And I mean, Madden is immortal in Chicago right now. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's just how it is. You brought the Cubs a World Series, that's it. That's all you have to do.
1: He'll never pay for a meal in Chicago every day. Never.
0: No, not at all. Um, so moving on back to the team focus we got our, who are your division winners in order as far as seed?
1: I'll go first since uh, we already know who your NL East is. Uh, I've got, in the National League, winning the NL Central, the Chicago Cubs. Obvious choice. They're World Series favorites. I don't think there's any question in the NL Central. Second, we're going over to the NL East, but I'm not going with the Mets. I'm going with the Nationals. I think Harper has a bounce back here. Trey Turner is a dark horse for MVP. Scherzer's a stud. That's a very good team. And then my third division winner, I'm actually going with the Giants. I love Madison Bumgarner. That's just a solid team year in, year out. I think Pence finally bounces back, stays healthy this year. He's a big part of their lineup. I think they surpass the Dodgers and win that division this year. That's fair. I I do I don't
0: think that's necessarily off. I did go with the Dodgers in the NL West. I just think I just think Kershaw does not have a long injury. He doesn't really have an injury history like he did last year. Was a fluke injury year. He stays healthy. Dodgers win that division. Corey Seager's already a star. For some reason, he's been picked to kind of regress statistically. I think that's crazy. I think the kid can easily hit three bat three hundred or more. He's off to a good start. So Yasiel Puig
1: off wh- to a good start. Where's tied, this guy been? Tied for the major league lead. I know it's early, but tied for the major league lead in home runs with three already. I mean, since Sunday. They need that. They need
0: that. I but I do think it's going to come down to the Dodgers and the Giants in that division. Whoever wins gets in obviously whoever doesn't win gets the wild card I think that's just how it's going to go same thing with the NL East um, like I said picking the, I have to go with the Mets I think the reason why is because we genuinely play good against the Nationals it's all the other stuff that we tend to screw up but for the most part we play very well against the Nationals um, I'm looking at unfortunately Steven Matz is we don't know when that guy's going to play again But I think this is the year Syndergaard makes a serious run at Cy Young. Here's going to be the key thing. I think if we get 90 starts between Harvey, DeGrom, Syndergaard, and we can average between 15 and 18, I don't think any of them will quite get 20, but I think we can average between 15 and 18 wins between all three. And we have to figure out this outfield situation. Cespedes is obviously our best guy offensively. For defensive purposes, we got Lagaris but we have Michael Conforto, who is low-key our second-best offensive player, period. Problem is, he needs to clean up against these left-handed hitters. We can't keep him in the lineup consistently because he can't hit against these left-handed guys if he's getting there every now and then. Plus, he was subject to some ridiculous slumps. He was playing at an all-star level to start the year last year. And then out of nowhere, he just starts slumping. And then we didn't hear from him again. Hopefully, we get a bounce back year out of this guy. I think if we can do that, Bruce is going to bring some much-needed power for a full season now. Granderson, Reyes, Neil Walker, those guys just need to keep doing what they do. And if our pitching can stay healthy, again, not to be cliche, we've been hearing if our pitching can stay healthy every year. But Familia is going to be back Thankfully, soon. It could have been a lot worse. So keep your hands off, people, and we'll be all right. But Chicago, why not? They're the one team that won't be challenged. So I meant to pick those in order, and I did the exact opposite. Chicago's my one seed. Mets will get the two. Dodgers get the three. Whoever doesn't win the NL East between the the Mets and the Nats will get the wild card. Whoever doesn't win division between Dodgers and Giants gets
1: the wild card. See, I disagree. I'm a little bit different here. I do agree with the first part that you said about whoever doesn't win between the Dodgers and the Giants will get one of the wild cards, which in my case would be the Dodgers. However, for my second wild card, I actually have the Cardinals because... The Mets' offense doesn't scare me. They've got to win on pitching. And they've been injury prone. It's been proven. I don't know if they'll string it together and be able to squeak into the playoffs. And while the Cardinals aren't great, they're just consistently solid. And I think they're just going to kind of hang around and beat up on all the non-Cubs teams in their division and be able to kind of stay there while the NL West will be a little more competitive this year. A lot of people like the Rockies. A lot of people are picking them to win a wild card, which I don't have. But I think they'll be more competitive. That's why I've got the Cardinals. I think they barely squeak in there over the Mets.
0: That's fair. And um, who uh, who did you have wild card in the AL? I don't think I caught that part.
1: Yeah, so wild card, AL, I've got the Mariners and the Blue Jays. And the reason I have them... Because on the AL side, my one seed is the Indians. It's a weak division. The White Sox suck. The Twins suck, despite their 3-0 start. That's not a good division. Also, the Tigers, they're they're getting old. They may blow that team up before the deadline. The Royals, when they were good, honestly, I believe that it was a fluke. Just happened to be a good year. They played great small ball. They win. Indians are the best team in the AL. Second division winner that I have, the Red Sox in the AL East. I think they're the only real challenger to the Indians right now. And that division's good, but not great. Then third division winner I have is the Astros. And I think that offensive lineup is scary. George Springer, Carlos Correa. Monster. Yeah. You've got them. You've got. They added McCann. They've got Bregman breaking through this year. They've got Beltron. now to DH. That's, that's a good lineup. However, for them to be a real contender in the AL, they've got to have a bounce back here from Keichel. I mean, he sucked last year. He did. They need Lance McCullers to be healthy. That guy is a fireballer. He just needs to stay healthy for a full season. But for them to be a real contender, it's a swirling rumor. Everybody talks about it. It's the number one landing spot for Jose Quintana. And if they're able to get him, I think they're now in the argument in the AL.
0: Dangerous. That would be dangerous if they get Jose Quintana. Mm-hmm. Is um, you, Just real quick, did,
1: is anyone going to
0: challenge Boston in the AL East?
1: I don't think so. Even with my faith in the Blue Jays, how much I love Strowman, him potentially being a dark horse for Cy Young, and they still have Donaldson, and Batista came back. But that team's just kind of getting old, and it just it just doesn't feel good to me. Now, the Yankees are on the upswing. They kind of had their own youth movement here in the past year. I know you love Gary Sanchez. Love Gary Sanchez. <laughs> Gary dirty Sanchez. <laughs> They've got Aaron Judge coming up, who is a giant of a baseball player, can just hit the ball mile. When he hits it. And some other nice pieces, Tanaka and some experience. I don't think the Yankees are ready. Even though they got Chapman back, they've got some nice They're pieces. They're a year away to me. I think so. And the Orioles, to me, while I love Machado, Chris Davis mashes, I just don't think they have the pitching, man. The Orioles, I, uh, I like Gosman. Gosman should have a good year. It could be a breakout year for him, but... Outside of Gossman, you're looking at your second best pitcher is Chris Tillman. Who's your third guy? Gallardo? Yobaldo Jimenez? Good God, no. Yobaldo Jimenez, man. If any of y'all play fantasy out there, don't ever trust Yobaldo Jimenez. Ever. He'll blow up for you.
0: So I did want to... So now that we got that established, we're going to the playoffs now. Who represents the NL? Who's going to represent the AL? I'll
1: go NL first because it shouldn't really be a surprise to anybody. The Cubs. They're just too deep, too talented offensively, pitching defensively. And the scariest thing about them, you kind of alluded to it earlier, is potentially a dynasty in the NL. I mean, they're so young, especially positional-wise, those guys could get better. And if they do get better with the contracts that they have with them, and they're able to have an influx of talented veteran starting pitcher, because Chicago's not a small market. They're going to have money to spend. They could be the NL favorite and the potentially the World Series favorite for years to come. I think that's...
0: I want to... I really want to throw someone else out there But I really can't, in good faith, I cannot, in good faith, say that someone will beat the Cubs in a seven-game series. I just don't see it happening. I couldn't, I couldn't put together, I couldn't bring up a team and say this is why they're going to do it, and it would make sense because it just wouldn't. Um, AL, I'm going with the honestly. ESPN wants this rematch, and I hope it happens. I'm going to say Indians coming out the AL and you got the cubs coming out of the NL. To me that just I can't justify any two other teams right now.
1: I think the Indians will have the best regular season in the AL hands down. We kind of talked about their lineup even getting any better with guys coming back from injury and Encarnacion being added to that lineup. That being said, I've got the Red Sox. I've got them as the AL crown and this is why. That staff Pitching staff was already very good. You already had David Price. You already had Rick Porcello just win the Cy Young. You're throwing in a top-five pitcher in all of baseball when he was on a terrible team into that mix. In a playoff baseball scenario, you're telling me in a three-game series and even in a seven-game series, you're going to have to see, in a three-game, Sale, Porcello, Price. Good luck beating that. Pomeran's. Yeah, you've got Pomeranz. Steven Wright, not great. In a playoff scenario, you're probably not going to see him pitch. If they need to win, they're not pitching him. Probably not. So you go into a seven-game series where you could potentially see Sale and or Porcello Price twice, plus the Killer Bees. We haven't even mentioned Mookie Betts. We have not. I mean, we didn't talk about him for a potential AL MVP guy, but he's that caliber of player. He's great. Bogarts, another great shortstop. Jackie Bradley Jr. had a great year last year. Supposedly, Pablo Sandoval, there's been a Kung Fu Panda sighting. Supposedly. 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 You've got Ben and Tenney joining the mix. I just, I just feel like, even without David Ortiz, Boston is going to unseat the Indians in the AL. I would
0: like to see that because I picked Boston last year, and they burned me. I was pretty sure about Boston. My other reason is because without David Ortiz, David Ortiz provided them so many runs last year. Just so many runs. Andrew Benintendi is not making that up. He's not bad. Like I said, he was my pick for AL Rookie of the Year. He's not making up David Ortiz' production. And they would need every ounce of that kind of offense to beat the Cleveland Indians.
1: If he hadn't been a Failed PED test guy, I mean Ortiz would be a Hall of Famer, 500 home runs, and and such a charismatic locker room guy for Boston. I mean, he was part of both their World Series championships, breaking the curse, and the second one here post 2000. I think that will actually be tougher to replace than the production because as a group, I think that lineup is so good. It won't quite replace Ortiz, but they can get close to still being an elite offense. It's more, now who is the leader in that clubhouse? Is it immediately turned over to the young guys with Mookie and the other Killer Bees, Or do you see a Pedroya kind of step in that role since he's been there, done that, Boston guy? That, to me, is the bigger question mark for the Red Sox outside of David Price elbow. well
0: and they could answer that. There's just too many questions with that Boston team. Um but we'll see. I hope they get there. Now my pick since my pick was different than yours. I'm picking Cleveland over the Cubs. I think this is the year. This is the theme bold. The theme of every championship for the last year or so has been revenge. LeBron. Tar Heels. Clemson. It's it's about revenge, man. I don't know what I don't know what's going on. Everybody's getting a second chance, and everybody's delivering. I don't. I say, why not Cleveland?
1: Some of your listeners out there after episode three are saying it's rigged, man. It's rigged. It's rigged. That's why they get revenge. But no, I see what you're saying, and an Indians Cubs rematch is very likely. And I got the Red Sox picked, like I said. But I think regardless of who gets there, I'm picking the Cubs. I I just can't choose anyone else. Other than the Cubs. They've got two guys that could be MVP in their lineup between Rizzo and Bryant. We've already talked about the loaded rotation. I just don't see them being beat. At one point last year, four of their five starting rotation about midseason were in the top six in whip in Major League Baseball. That's insane.
0: I I would – that would be incredible – I just want to touch on how incredible that would be for the Cubs to go from literally nothing to two straight. And that would just be unprecedented. I'm not saying it'd be a bad I'm not saying it would be bad for baseball. It certainly wouldn't be bad for the city of Chicago, but two straight is tough in any sport, and as talented as the Cubs are, I I just don't see it. I just don't see it, but that's the point. That's why we do stuff like this. It's so hard to call anything this early in the season. We're literally just throwing stuff out based on last year. Um, I'd definitely like to revisit this at mid around the All-Star break and at other points in the season just to kind of see where... I mean, the good thing about doing this is we're on record with everything that we said. So we can play this back a few months later and we'll either sound like complete idiots or we'll sound like some prophets. But we'll see. Um... So, to close this up, uh, bonus round. Any, like, random stats you want to throw out? Any kind of anything at all?
1: You know I've been waiting to say this. And you know I've already been ragging you a lot about it after our draft. But your boy, Byron Buxton, who I have bashed from you drafting him, I believe, too early in our fantasy round. And it is early. It's April. But the guy has started 1 for 14. He's batting oh seventy one. 071 with a walk and seven strikeouts. Ah. Uh,
0: yeah, so about that. Um There's really nothing for me to say. I don't know what the heck he's doing, but I the only thing I can think of is he needs to get it together and or his manager needs to pull him out of that 3 spot because when he closed the year last year when he had that great run in September, he was not in the 3. Power and speed-wise, I understand the thought process, but it's it's not working. It's not working right now. Give him another week if we're still seeing him just not connecting. you got to do something.
1: I'm going to bash your boy, especially if he continues to do bad, because you know that I like it when I'm right, when I call things like that. Everybody does. But that being said, to your point, I think with Buxton, the pressure of being the back-to-back prospect two years in a row by Baseball America and then not producing like some of these other young guys we've seen come up and have an instant impact. Seager, Correa, Harper, Trout. And he kind, kind of hasn't really lived up to that hype whatsoever. No, he has not. And produced. Maybe that's getting to him mentally. Maybe putting him in the three spot so early, he's just not ready. So as the manager of the Twins, Paul Molitor... Maybe you put him in the seventh slot. Let him earn the right to be in that three spot. I understand he's supposed to be your cornerstone piece, your key positional guy. You don't want him to be a bust. But if he's not that kind of guy that's just going to step in and let set the world on fire like some of these other players, let him develop, even if it's at the major league level.
0: Yeah, they, they, they appear to have been jumping the gun, Um, It could turn around at any point. Hopefully, it does for him. But, because I hate to see, like you said, I hate to see a guy with that much expectations just struggling like how he is. I think he's too talented of a hitter to keep this up. Everybody hits their highs and lows. But, um, yeah, I think at the rate he's going, you have to consider moving him out of that three spot. Um, But other than that, I want to see how many. I want to see Tim Tebow in the majors at some point. (laughs) I, want to, I have to see him. I don't care if it's one game and he just has one out bat and he strikes out and they send him back home. I just want to see Tim Tebow in the majors at some point.
1: I want to see that excitement for baseball. No matter what your opinion of Tebow is, I applaud the Mets for signing him If for nothing else. It's a great business move. You know it's going to get attention. You know it's going to sell jerseys. You know it's going to sell tickets. To have him in a major league game, in Queens you know against the Yankees let's say sellout out crowd
0: oh man regardless who who it is it's a sellout crowd against the Yankees that, those tickets would sell out in hours Tebow's debut in, man Tebow's debut home run center field I'm just kidding I don't know about all that but he did hit one in his first
1: at bat in the minors he with did
0: the, with the fireflies if he hits a home run in the majors I, I don't know what I'll do I really don't know. I'll probably just I'll probably start going to church, even if it's a Wednesday. I'll just I'll just drive to a church and just sit there until they have service again.
1: I can't tell you how bad when the rumors were circulating that Tebow was going to get signed. He held you know his workouts and all that. I wanted the Braves to sign Tebow so bad. I wanted a Braves Tebow jersey. He
0: is he, he the guy sells tickets, so you have to give him that, but. We'll see. Like, like I said, I don't care if he's a TP. I understand he probably won't be. I just want to see him at one point, I, whatever we got to do to get him up there, I just want to see him in the majors. One at-bat. That's all I'm asking for. I don't think that's too much to ask for.
1: And I don't know if he'll ever actually earn it, but who cares, man? Baseball needs to bring more stuff like that back. It's, it's fun for the fans. They follow that kind of thing. That's why Tebow, this pretty much irrelevant as a baseball player guy, is getting a publicity circus for everything that he does in baseball—that's not even his sport. That's true.
0: That's true. Um, I mean, whatever he, whatever the guy touches, basically, people are going to follow. And he's a good guy. It's a good story. So, I'm not necessarily throwing shade on the guy, but you know, we'll see. I mean, heck, his his minor league games are are must see TV at this point. I mean, look how much coverage his homer got the other day and it's a minor league game no one talks about the minor leagues if it was anybody else
1: raise your hand if you'd heard of the columbia fireflies or could name a player on their roster before tebow
0: exactly so um other than that that's pretty much all i got you got anything else
1: that that's really all i got mike it's been a pleasure to be here be your first guest on your podcast Hopefully, you'll have me back in the future.
0: Hopefully, it's not the last time, man. I appreciate you being on, and I appreciate everybody listening. This has been the Mind of Mike J Podcast. Sorry this ran so long, but it's a baseball preview. we got to make sure we cover everything. So, again, I appreciate you guys being here. Everybody else, we will see you next week.